Hello and welcome to The Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Hey, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, today's a great day. Time to dust off your old suit or dress and find your annual pearls and bow tie. It's officially award season. Woohoo! Yeah, we got the Golden Globe nominations out and we have a ballot here for you to go over them. I'm very excited. It's a time to not only catch up on what's been on your watch list, but get to revisit some of your favorite movies. And let's get started with Best Drama. And we have The Father... Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. I have yet to see any of these movies. I have seen three out of the five. The other two haven't come out yet. Well, which have you seen? I've seen Mank, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm so looking forward to Promising Young Woman. It's really good. You definitely got to give it a watch. It's 20 bucks just to rent, but it's definitely worth it. Okay, so Nomadland comes out on Hulu on the 19th, uh, and it's also getting its theatrical debut that same day. Same thing for Minari. It comes out on streaming the same day it comes out in theaters. Yeah, for me, I really don't have a pick right now, but this coming week, I'm going to get started on catching up. Do you have any picks right now? I would love to see Promising Young Woman win. Um, I haven't seen Nomadland yet, but Trial of the Chicago 7 also makes sense. I've heard great things about The Father, and I was not that into Mank, uh, believe it or not. So, yeah, I think prom- for right now, I think Promising Young Woman is my pick uh, until I see Nomadland. Then I'll reassess the situation. Same thing. I, I can't really say anything about any of these movies, not having seen them, but they are on my watch list. I think Promising Young Woman is at the top, and right after that is Nomadland, just because of... Frances McDormand. I love her. Very excited. Let's move on to musical comedy. We have Borat's subsequent movie film, Hamilton, Mm. Music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. I have only seen uh, two of these. I've seen Hamilton uh, and Paul. Oh, no, I've seen three of these again. Borat, Hamilton and Palm Springs and I really don't know why Hamilton is on this list. I mean, I know why. Okay, yeah, I I wanted to bring that up. I'm really conflicted about Hamilton. I'm not. It's it was a theater production. They just filmed it and they it's now nominated for best picture musical or comedy. I think that's very stupid. They filmed it when? During its Broadway run. So, how many years ago was that? 5, 6 now. So, that, yeah, that's why I'm conflicted with it being on the ballots at all. Yeah, and and it's not even new. It's old news. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that works. I mean, it's does that give Disney permission to do that any every time now? Like can they I go, guess so. I guess anybody can do this now. Like can they go back and repackage uh let's say The Lion King on Broadway? Yeah, The Lion King on Broadway. I guess that that works now. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing, right? Like you go back years and you you get a recorded theater production and you put it out on their streaming service and that counts I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, this is nothing against the, the movie itself or the production itself. I know you love it. Uh, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> um, I understand. Well, I mean, I was obsessed with it when I first watched it. But after all this time, looking back on it, I still really enjoy it. But I'm definitely able to laugh at it. There's so many moments that me and my girlfriend joke about in the in the musical itself. I have very mixed feelings about it, but I still enjoy it for what it is. I wouldn't say I have avoided watching Hamilton. It's just, 
it wasn't for me, just from what I've seen and what I've heard. See, that's what I've thought, but actually sitting down and watching it, like, it's, your mind will be changed. Okay. You kind of get caught up in the spectacle of it all, and, like, I mean, that's theater. That's what it does, but the musical itself has uh, some issues, <laughs> uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda being one of them, which we'll talk about here in a second. So let's talk about Best Director. We have Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. We have David Fincher for Mank. We have Regina King for One Night in Miami. Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7. And we have Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. And again, I have not seen any of these movies. One Night in Miami is on my list for sure. And that's solely because not only the premise, the premise is really cool, but Regina King, she's finally getting her due in breaking out and directing. I'm so proud of her. I, I've known Regina King, not personally, um, <laughs> uh, for for a very long time and seen her grow not only as an actress, but a filmmaker. Yeah, this is her directorial debut. It makes me happy when actors make this transition. And it pays off. When it pays off, that's when it's fantastic. Yeah, have you seen any of these movies? I, I know you've seen... I've seen four of the five, all but Nomadland. Mink, it looks really good, and I definitely get what they were going for. I just wasn't into it. Um, so David Fincher's nomination makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if I'm personally gunning for it. Regina King, the thing about movies that are adaptations of plays is that you definitely feel like this is a play. Uh, in my letterbox review for this movie, I said, the thing about that is that you get five-minute monologues every three minutes. And that's what the movie essentially boils down to. I mean, you, the the set that it would be on stage is the hotel room, and we stay in there for, like, most of the movie, like 95% of it. The whole adapting theater to movies, it's weird. Like, you can't do it with Hamilton because then it's like, well, why don't I just actually sit down and watch it in the theater? But then with this, it's like, I'm not sure. Like, every play isn't meant to be a movie, you know? And I, I think this one, and especially with uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, they both suffer from the same thing. You definitely are able to feel like it's a play. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm gunning for that one as well. Uh, again, like I don't think uh, Aaron Sorkin did all that much with Trial of Chicago 7. So I guess the only two people that are left for me is Emerald Fennel and Chloe Zhao. And again, I just have to wait until I see Nomadland to solidify my opinion. But for right now, it's Promising Young Woman again. Can we just appreciate these nominations here? We have two directors that have been a staple name in Hollywood for like the past 20 years and now they're surrounded by these up-and-coming women directors and yes I just love to see that it, yeah and, and this is what a lot of people have been wanting for a very long time and it's just so nice to see this this is the type of diversity we want to see you know we're not shunning exactly. a certain group we just want more seats at the table and, and especially when they're deserved, whenever they're deserved, especially like this, then it's all the more reason to nominate them. And that's why in years past, it's been so infuriating when people who have deserved that recognition haven't been nominated. Yeah, this is definitely a turning point. Uh, and we can only just progress from here on out. So props to the Golden Globes. In this aspect, yes, I will give the Hollywood Foreign Press this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Golden Globes for me, it's what it's always been. It's a night to drink and have fun. How? Wait, hold on. How is the Golden Globes going to play out? Or even the Oscars? Is, is it all going to be virtual? Like, I think the Golden Globes is going to do the same thing the Emmys did. It was virtual, kind of. Um, but I think the Oscars is going to have an in-person ceremony, I think. Hey, man, I know the pandemic, it's not a topic to 
make light of, but wasn't it last time we were at the Golden Globes we had Ricky Gervais do that bombshell monologue? Yeah. Everyone who's anyone in Hollywood was in that big old room, and for Ricky Gervais to just slam them right in front of their faces, it's kind of fitting that (laughs) everyone's kind of quarantining and doing a virtual Golden Globes. But also, I want to point out, we have Amy Poehler and Tina Fey back, For like the fifth year in a row again. I'm very excited for this. They either only get Tina Fey and Amy Poehler or they get Ricky Gervais. They need to get new hosts. That one year they had Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh, but other than that, that was it. Hey, I haven't seen Tina Fey or Amy Poehler together in so long. I'm I'm very excited for them to come back. And how could you bring back Ricky Gervais? I I really have a Good feeling that was his last time hosting oh, yeah. anything Anybody in Hollywood. Anybody who saw that was like, yeah, okay, we're not doing this anymore. <sighs> I loved it, though. But, hey, I'm very excited for Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to come back. And I'm just curious to see how they pull it off. Let's move on to Best Actor. We have Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. We have Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Gary Oldman in Mank. We have Tahar Rahim in The Mauritanian. And again, I haven't seen any of these movies except The Sound of Metal. I love Riz Ahmed in this movie. Yes, he's so good. He's getting his due diligence finally. I can't speak for any of the other performances since I haven't seen the movies, but Riz Ahmed brought it. I love this movie. I love his performance. And as of right now, he's the guy I'm rooting for. Just wait until you see Ma Rainey, dude. Ooh, Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, he's going to change your mind. Yeah, I'm not mad about that either. The late Chadwick Boseman. The late and great. Yes, I've heard a lot of great things about his performance in that movie. And talk about a stacked list here of nominations. I'm not too familiar with the last person we mentioned. He's the oldest iteration of Blue in Moonlight. He's the adult version of Blue. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I haven't even heard about this movie. I've only heard it because of, like, the award circuit and everything. Jodie Foster's in it. We're going to mention her here in a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean, I haven't really heard much. I've just heard, like, I mean, the Golden Globes might eat it up, but I don't think it's going to be a serious contender otherwise. I'm happy for him. Uh, he's obviously a very great actor, um, and I just can't wait for him to... I, I mean, most of the... Three out of the five people who are here are very young. The other two are very old. It's so cool that we're getting these old white men and then the new up-and-coming class of the diverse actors. It's so awesome to see. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman are definitely veterans in this category. And have you... You haven't seen The Father, have you? Uh, No, I have not. That hasn't come out yet on streaming, I don't think. As soon as it does, I will. Uh, I've heard that... Do you know what this movie's about? I just know it has Anthony Hopkins and... Olivia Coleman. So Anthony Hopkins is the titular father, and uh, he has Alzheimer's, and Olivia Coleman is his daughter, and she's taking care of him. Oh, I, I've seen um, I've seen a trailer for this, yes. Oh, really? I've heard it gets really weird, and the production design is super cool. I haven't seen a trailer. I don't know anything beyond that. So I'm really excited to see this movie. Before Mal Rainey's came out, Anthony Hopkins was the frontrunner for a long time. So from... The trailer, what I'm getting is that we're getting a perspective of a person with Alzheimer's. We see what yes. they see and and think what they think. There's actually this super cool short film that was nominated for Best Animated Short Film last year that dealed with the same subject matter, and it was super cool to see. Yeah, so let's move on to Best Actress in a Drama. 
We have Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day in The United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand in Nomadland. And we have Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Again, another stacked category. It's been a pretty, I mean, overall, looking back on it, thanks to award season, it's been a pretty decent year for movies. I, I, I'm not upset with the lineup we have this year. It's really good. Everyone is super solid. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what Carrie Mulligan does in Promising Young Woman. Oh, my God. Ah, oh, she's great. Anything Viola Davis does. She, she steals the scene in every, like, she's only in this movie for a little bit, which is kind of weird that they're marketing her in Best Actress. But, I mean, she deserves it. Just given her screen time, it's kind of weird to think about. But it makes sense because of how magnetic, like, she has this energy around her in every scene that she's in. And all the focus is on her. Even though another character is talking, it's clearly to her. Like, she is in control. And, oh, she's magnificent in this movie. And I've heard Vanessa Kirby is just as good, if not better, in Pieces of a Woman. Uh, especially given the subject matter. It's a very personal and very difficult thing to talk about. Not only portray as an actor. Um, so I can't imagine what she's done. And then, of course, Frances McDormand. She's going to give a great performance. And with everything I've heard about this movie so far... I can't wait to see what she does. Uh, with Andre Day, actually, I don't... Okay, so I haven't heard much about this movie. The only thing that I know is that it's coming out like the last possible day it can for awards eligibility. It's coming out like February 26th or something like that. Isn't this one streaming as well? I think so, yes. Okay, yeah, I, I might have to look that up and add it to the list. I guess the one I'm looking forward to the most is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Just, again, Chadwick Boseman, Viola Davis. Let's move on to Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat, subsequent movie film. We have James Corden in The Prom. We have Lin-Manuel in Hamilton. Dev Patel in The Personal History of David Copperfield. And we have Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. I have only seen Borat. Really? You didn't watch Palm Springs? I haven't, and that's the only reason why I got Hulu, and I have yet to watch oh Palm Springs. Oh my god. It's super fun. It's on my list, and I'm more than likely I'll watch it next week. So I can't really give my pick right now, and I guess it's a good time to bring up Borat. I wasn't the biggest fan of Borat. Oh. I mean, the original's better. I think the the original is definitely going to age better than this one. But I, I yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Okay, I, I feel like both won't age well for two different reasons so i actually saw borat the first one for the first time during the pandemic that was another one of my uh, quarantine favorites and it, it's doing it satirically like everyone like the audience is in on the joke yeah the joke is on the people he's interviewing that too and when the second one came out that's what i was expecting again and the second one goes more of a uh, a much more scripted story, whereas the other one, kind of, you can tell the other one kind of developed as they were going on their little road trip. The story was being made as the movie was being filmed. Right. And with this one going into it, they had that script, like you said, but they actually filmed this while the pandemic was going on. So they weren't, they didn't have a choice to adapt it to whatever was going on. The whole ending, I don't think that was actually planned. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. It, it couldn't have been. Do you have a pick? Uh, for this? Yeah. Um, 
not Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> for sure, for him to get the Best Actor nomination. No, I think you have to watch watch it to understand where I'm coming from. Okay, so you're not a fan of his performance? Not at all. <laughs> I think Ooh, he's like okay. the worst part of this thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, dude, You okay, please watch it so we can talk about it because I have so much that has been up here ever since I've seen it since the 4th of July. Uh, but as far as my pick, I don't know. Dev Patel would be cool, uh, but I haven't seen. I've wanted to see The Personal History of David Copperfield, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Andy Samberg would be cool, too. I don't really have a pick. Whichever other three, uh, other than James Corden or Lin-Manuel, I'll be cool with. Yeah, so let's move on to Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. We have Maria Bakalova in Borat's subsequent movie film. Kate Hudson in Music. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. Roseman Pike in I Care A Lot, and Anya Taylor-Joy in Emma. So I have seen, of course, Borat, and I've seen Emma. Funny story, Emma was probably the last movie I watched in theaters before the pandemic hit. Wow. What a quaint little movie to see. Mine was uh, The Invisible Man, I think. I think mine was The Invisible Man. Oh, you got to watch that in, in the movies? That's so cool. Yeah, oh my god. Whenever the spoilers, a uh, quick little spoiler... Uh, whenever she splashed the paint on him, yeah. I jumped in my seat. Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that freaked me out. I wasn't expecting that. That, fr- the, that opening is so terrifying. The whole movie is, oh, my God. The opening sets the tone for the rest of the movie. It's so good. It, it does so much in the five minutes that it has. It's, oh, my God. It's perfect. It's already playing with how important sound's going to be in this whole movie. Yes. Right then and there. And, yeah, I, I loved it. But anyways... Uh, yeah, so do you, do you have a pick? Um, Maria Bakalova would be <laughs> hilarious to see. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kate Hudson should be nominated here. Do you know about this movie, music? With Kate Hudson, no. Okay, so I don't know much. All I know is that Sia, you know, Chandelier. Oh, yes. So, okay, yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I know about this movie, that Sia produced it? I think she wrote and directed it or something. She is very attached to this movie. Um, And it's about an autistic person. It's exploring life through music and everything. But Kate Hudson is not autistic. And there's a a whole scene where she just has a meltdown. I'm not sure why. Wait a minute. Kate Hudson's playing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and for it to be nominated for Best Picture Musical or Comedy is... Very insulting. Huh. Um, and for her to be nominated for Best Actress, I don't think is a good idea either. So, I, I think I want to watch this movie first before... I'm not going to give it my time. I'm not going to give it my money. I'm I'm not supporting this. I want to just to see... Because, I mean, this is where like the whole perspective thing comes into play when talking about movies. Because one can say it is offensive, but it's one of those yeah especially this subject matter it's a very touchy subject and it's very very tricky to pull it off or even raise the question of whether or not to do it in the first place no you can definitely do it tastefully but whenever it's exploited like this for a quick buck and for award season hmm. that's when it goes wrong and that's clearly what they were doing here they were definitely they didn't actually care if they actually cared they wouldn't have done we wouldn't have gotten what we got that's that's my two cents. I still want to watch it. That's fair. Just to see what it's all about. Are you still going to watch Cuties? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> a whole other can of worms, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> 
Uh, do you have a pick for this category? Uh, Rosamund Pike's movie hasn't even come out yet. No. That, uh, you sent the trailer for that in our little group chat that we have. Oh, did I? Oh. Yeah, that's the Netflix one. Yes. This is a Netflix original. And it's not out. No, not yet. Hmm. The cutoff date is like the 26th for these award shows this year. Um, so I guess it's allowed. But for her being nominated, I mean, I don't think she's going to get an Oscar nomination given everyone else here. Yeah. Especially in that first category. I think that's all it's going to be. Uh, so I'm super excited for this movie now. I thought the trailer was super interesting. But given this nomination, I'm definitely going to check this out when it drops. Yeah. And Rosamund Pike is a force to be reckoned oh, with. I loved her in Gone Girl. Yeah. She was great. <laughs> she's great in Gone Girl. So sticking with actors, we're going to move on to Best Supporting Actor in Film. We have Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. We have Jared Leto in The Little Things. Bill Murray on The Rocks. And Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Now, who does Leslie Odom Jr. play? He plays Sam Cooke. Okay. Uh, he's the one who did uh, Bring It On Home to Me, the one that was featured in Guardians 2. Whenever Peter and Gamora are, are dancing, yeah, that's he did right. that song, and that's who he plays in this movie. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, hey, look, Sasha Baron Cohen. Double nomination. I mean, he earned it. Uh, d you need to see this movie. Definitely catch up on all these movies. I want to talk to you about all this. Dude, I have six Netflix movies that are on this Golden Globes list, and that's what? 12 hours of my life I have to just lock myself in yeah. a room and just watch all these movies I, I do plan on doing that I, I have to do it either on a Saturday or a Sunday where I shut myself from the world and yeah just <laughs> just, just uh, submit myself I'm a hermit for a day and a half oh yeah I can't wait so yeah good on Sasha Baron Cohen for his multiple nominations I am so excited for Judas and the Black Messiah I cannot wait until that comes out so I can finally see this. Ever since that trailer dropped, I've been like, where can I see this movie? And it's finally coming out on the 12th on HBO Max. So I'm definitely checking it out as soon as it drops. Bill Murray, I know you've seen On the Rocks. Uh, Bill Murray plays Bill Murray in this movie. People think Bill Murray is great. I am lukewarm about him. We can delve into that some other time. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he just plays himself in this movie. He got a nomination, whatever. Jared Leto in The Little Things, uh, we're going to touch on here in a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and Leslie Odom Jr. is great. I loved him in Hamilton. And I'm glad that he's getting work in film now. If Daniel Kaluuya is supporting, because I thought he was the lead in Judas and the Black Messiah. No, he, I mean, the movie centers around him, but it's mm -hmm. his assassination. So, like, Keith Stanfield is the main, is, is the protagonist. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, like, Keith Stanfield is the titular Judas, and Daniel Kaluuya uh, is the Black Messiah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Do you have anybody that you're rooting for here? I want Daniel Kaluuya to win it. All I know is that he's the frontrunner for this, even though it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. I loved him in Get Out. Uh, I just want him to keep getting more work. I'm glad he's in the MCU. I mean, that's a stable paycheck for forever. And yeah. he deserves it. And this I'm so excited for this movie. Now, what about out of the four that you have seen? I would have to go with Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. One Night in Miami. I mean, I liked it. I, I just think it's an okay movie. Okay. Everyone in the movie is good. Save for Malcolm X, but I think we can talk about that some other time. Yeah. Uh, once we watch it, yeah, we'll talk about it. 
Yeah, I would have to go with Sasha Baron Cohen here. I would rather him get this one than the one for Borat, honestly. So I guess Andy Samberg's my pick for Best Comedy Actor. There you go. Yeah, and before we get into Best Supporting Film Actress, I do want to touch on the Best Supporting Actor and Actress category because I kind of find it unfair that they have to trickle it down to just one category. But when it comes to the actors, like the leads... You divide it into drama and then musical or comedy. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the Hollywood Foreign Press is weird for that already. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it all the way, I think. But yeah, I don't know why they choke the supporting actors into one category when they give everybody else such free flow, you know? Yeah. So let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. We have Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. We have Olivia Coleman in The Father. Jodie Foster in The Mauritanian. We have Amanda Seyfried in Mank. And we have Helena Zangle in News of the World. News of the World, that one's with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, Paul Greengrass. So, again, I haven't watched these movies. I <laughs> hey, Yeah, I, I, this is the only category where I haven't seen a single one of these. Oh, no, I saw Mank. Yeah, you've seen Mank. <laughs> how, how was Amanda in that one? Uh, I mean, she's super cute. Uh, she She's definitely doing the best at what her character is supposed to be. Okay. I wouldn't be mad if it went to her. I haven't seen Olivia Coleman, but I can only expect with the subject matter that it's going to be... I think her nomination will be earned, especially after watching this movie. I think that idea will solidify in my mind. I've heard mixed things about Hillbilly Allergy, so to see it nominated here is weird. It has a bad Rotten Tomato score. But really? that's Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's like... 30-something. It also has Amy Adams, correct? Yes, it does. So, funny thing, I think Nomadland and Hillbilly Elegy are both based off of books. If not, then Hillbilly Elegy definitely is. At least, they both deal with kind of the same subject matter. Women in the South and the politics around that, I think, is what the movies are about. Don't quote me on any of this, but <laughs> I think that, from what I've heard, Hillbilly Elegy is just a lesser version of Nomadland, essentially. Oh, wow. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Olivia Coleman winning the Oscar for her performance in The Favorite, correct? Yeah, for Best Actress. Yeah, so I'm very excited what she brings in The Father with opposite of Anthony Hopkins. So let's move on to Best Animated Film. We have The Croods, A New Age. Yes! <laughs> yes! We have Onward, Over the Moon, Soul. And Wolf Walkers. I think Wolf Walkers. Croods. <laughs> all the way. Hey, have nah, you, okay, soul. honestly, have you seen the Croods? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Wait, okay, wait, man. It's actually not bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Do you think it's going to win? Oh, no. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> but I, that's... I'm not taking anything away from it. it it's not going to be, hey, like... Look at the range on this list here. You go from Croods to Soul. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I know Pixar has been going the route of like talking about existentialism and. Yeah, they're trying to be deep. They're trying to be artsy now. Yeah. Like, oh, what? You don't think we can make good movies anymore? Well, here, let's make you reconsider your entire life choices. And as much as I love Soul, I'm, I'm kind of like. I'm not tired of what they're doing, but I, I kind of wish they go back to what they were doing before. Yeah, more fun. Like, because what I think what they're doing now is they're trying to 
focus way more on the deep aspect of their movies when that was more like a hidden thing. Like in Finding Nemo, it was like, oh, a goofy adventure of two fish finding his son. But ultimately, it's about fatherhood and like all of that. And it what Pixar used to be is like getting into the minds of these characters, but with the the disguise of the fun adventure film. Like Toy Story, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. Their early stuff is exactly like that. Except Bugs Life. There's not really a meaning to Bugs Life. No, there is. There's a huge political message. What am I talking about? I, I mean, Buzz, in the first Toy Story movie, he has a whole mental breakdown. Yeah. He <laughs> finally realizes, like, I'm actually a toy. I'm not a human being. I'm not Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And I'm I'm not really counting on Onward to win it either. No. Um, I think in any other year, it would have a decent shot. D- okay. If Soul weren't here, Onward or Crude's? Uh, going based off just those two, or are the other two in the running? Uh, just those two, because you've had you have you seen the other two? No, I've heard the other two are great actually. Okay, Wolfwalkers is on Apple Plus. I should sit down and watch that sometime since I have it. And uh, Over the Moon is from Netflix. Uh, I think that's originally a Chinese studio that animated this movie, and it got dubbed uh, because of Netflix. So, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of Over the Moon through, like, trailers and just clips. Uh, Wolfwalkers, that one's the 2D, it's, like, hand-drawn, right? Or, like, it's a 2D animated movie? I'm glad those are still, like, we still have one every year. Last year's was Klaus, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad 2D animation is still around. Yeah, I do not want that art form to die at all. But if we're going based off Crudes and Onward... Uh, I mean, I'm going to go with Onward. Yeah, okay. Uh, especially that ending. It's so heartwarming. and. See, you do like it. I do, no, yeah. I, I've never... I'm not going to go out and say it's a bad, bad movie. It's... Uh, for me, there's a very few things that work in that movie for me. And other times, it becomes... It's a formulaic Pixar movie for me. Yeah, there's one scene where I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if we like doing this. But uh, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a Pixar retrospective. Oh, oh, wow, you'd have a lot of thoughts about that. Boy, can I talk about Pixar. Especially with a certain uh, blue-footed Newt. Release the Newt cut. (laughs) (laughs) Release Newt. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, no, we'll definitely do a retrospective now. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm I'm hyped. I'm hyped to talk about Newt. Let me tell you. But anyways, yeah, don't... He, He has an elevator pitch for Newt. It's like, he he's been talking about Newt for so long, he has it, like, condensed into five minutes. There's so much. Yeah, I have it like scripted in the back of my pocket just you can in case. Pull it out of his back pocket anytime. <laughs> Pixar, do Newt, if you're listening, any of you. <laughs> P Doctor, I know you're listening. Don't knock on the crudes. It's fun. It's a fun movie. I, I had some genuine laughs. I have better movies to watch. I have better movies on my watch list than the crudes. How dare you? If you ever <laughs> need to babysit some kids and it's on. Watch it with them. That's all, all right. I have to say. Because that's right. what I did. I, I took my brothers to go watch it in the movie theater. In the theater. Let's move on to, ooh, this one I have some thoughts on. And I'm ooh, sure okay. other people do. Best <laughs> yeah, foreign right. language okay. film. Yep. We have Another Round, La Llorona, The Life Ahead, Minari, and Two of Us. I haven't heard of La Llorona and The Two of Us. I haven't heard of those two before. Shout out to La Llorona because it's a Shutter exclusive. And anybody who knows 
about the streaming service. Whoa. It's from Shutter. Yeah. So I guess this is a plug. Please sponsor us, Shutter. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be cool. Shutter is pretty much Netflix, but it's all horror. Like I- I'm talking about all the different types of horror and within the genre and the different eras of horror. I know they have like the whole Hitchcock filmography on there. They Whoa. they have so much in that streaming service. I've been, you know, me and horror. I don't like it, but uh-huh. if I can watch all the Hitchcock films in one place, I'll do it. Sign me up. Shout out to Shudder for getting on the list. And that's super cool. Good on them. Yeah. Yeah. Props to them. And can anybody explain to me why Minari is in the category of best foreign language film? I can. Okay. So it's an American film, uh, A24, but it's about South Korean immigrants in the 70s. So the majority of the language spoken in the movie is Korean. And because of that, the Hollywood Foreign Press designates it as a foreign language film because it's mostly non-English. And because of that, uh, because it's nominated in Best Foreign Language Film, it uh, nulls it from being nominated in uh, Best Picture Drama or Comedy Musical. Did they do the same thing to Parasite? Yep. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It's disrespectful. (laughs) Uh, I think that rule needs to be abolished. And I think Minari was finally the breaking point. It's like... Like, we can understand Parasite. That is a, a movie from a different country entirely. But with Minari, they're just doing it, like, just to do it. I, I don't know. Even with Parasite, it was like, uh, okay, we'll give it to you, but we're not happy about it. But this one, it's like, what are you doing? And the Hollywood Foreign Press needs to get their act together. We've talked about the Foreign Press being progressive when it comes to their diversity, like, in the director's category. And I feel like right now it's a huge shift, and I feel like Parasite played a huge role in that. You know, it's funny. Bong Joon-ho said, once you get over the one-inch wall of subtitles, you're open to a whole new world of film. And I I think that's the best way anyone has ever put it. You just need to get over yourself and just step over that one-inch barrier and... Yeah, and that's why I say Parasite is playing a huge role in that. It's We're starting to now open up that category to other... I mean, if Parasite came out maybe 15 years ago, it would have only been at the foreign film category. Yeah, it wouldn't have nearly gotten as much attention as it did. I think that's largely in part due to the internet. But yeah, even just releasing it back then with the internet that we had then, I don't think this movie would have been nearly as huge as it was. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I'm not saying Minari will be as great as Parasite was. Uh, It's just... You know, the subject matter at hand, what we're talking about here. But I am excited for Minari. Me too. I can't wait to see that one. I've been looking forward to that one for a while. Oh, missing from the best actor categories here, uh, which we'll get into uh, in the next segment. But uh, Delroy Lindo from The Five Bloods. Oh, we're talking about snubs. And uh, Steven Yun from Minari. Yeah, let's go into snubs already because, I mean, that's basically all we have left. Uh, we can get into the music. You want to do the music yeah, real let's, quick? Let's yeah, let's just mention the last two categories because I really don't have much to talk about with these. But yeah, Neither yeah, do we'll I. go with best original score. We have The Midnight Sky. We have Tenet. We have News of the World, Mank, and Soul. Hey, look at Tread Reznor and Atticus Ross. Mm-hmm. Double nominations. I didn't know they did Mank. Yeah, and they did uh, The Social Network. That's right. Yeah, I knew, uh, Yeah, we. you informed me about that earlier but well when soul came out but i had no idea they did bank yeah 
And for best original song, we have Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. We have Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7. We have Ion C, which I'm assuming it's a foreign language song because in parentheses it says scene from The Life Ahead. Which is nominated for best foreign language film. That's right. We have Speak Now from One Night in Miami. And we have Tigris and Tweed from The United States versus Billie Holiday. I really don't have much to say about the songs because I haven't heard them. I'm sure you heard the one from One Night in Miami. Funny enough, I don't remember it. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I, uh, I think it was just a little, a little thing, um, but I, I'd have to go back and listen to it. And I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, this one. I guess that goes to show how much of an impact it left. And Leslie Odom Jr. sang it as well. Yeah. So uh, I wonder how he holds up uh, sounding like Sam Cooke. Oh, dude. Oh, he's he's great. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so let's talk about snubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have quite a bit. Yeah, you want to talk about the Five Bloods? Yeah, Um. so Spike Lee isn't nominated for Best Director. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, he's been getting a lot of hype for uh, his supporting role, which I don't think he was in it enough to garner a nomination, but people are excited about it. Um, and I can't blame them. Chadwick Boseman gives an electrifying performance, no matter how big or small the role. Um, I was definitely captivated every time he was on scene. So no Five Bloods love here. At all? Yeah, it's completely absent from this. You had mentioned Minari, right? Yeah, uh, Stephen Young wasn't nominated for Best Actor as well. Uh, and neither was uh, the grandmother. Everyone is eating her up too. Like in uh, The Farewell, how the grandmother was getting nominated for her performance. Uh, same thing with Minari. Yeah, any other snubs? Because I, I really, aside from the Five Bloods, especially with Spike Lee, I, I really did expect Spike Lee to be in that list. But hey, you're going up against David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin, I guess, if we're talking about just strictly male directors. If we could remove one of those two, I would remove Aaron Sorkin and replace him with Spike Lee. Oh, that's just me, though. If I was running the show, if I was running things, well, I would be different <laughs> around here. Did you enjoy Five Bloods? I liked it. I don't think it's like the best movie of the year, but I mean, I think it deserves recognition in categories for sure. Delroy Lindo, especially, he was uh, he was great. Why isn't he nominated here? Yeah, I I'm very surprised about that one. Especially when you have uh, who who am I looking for? Gary Oldman in Mank. Yeah, I, I don't know. Gary Oldman. I mean, he was doing his thing. But it's just another Gary Oldman performance. There wasn't really anything too special about it, you know? And I would rather have Delroy Lindo than Gary Oldman. I want to watch Citizen Kane before watching Mank. I don't think you have to, because the movie doesn't really talk about it that much. But I think more will make sense if you watch it beforehand. I think it's required viewing in general for, I mean, the two of us. I barely saw it recently. And I get why it's lauded as, like, the best film ever made. It's... I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get the hype. So that's it for our categories on the Golden Globes. And you could find our ballots on our social media pages and go ahead and fill it out and let us know what your picks are. We like to do a little competition over here, seeing who gets the most wins of the night. So it'll be really fun to see everybody else's picks. And I've been the winner for the past two, right? Or at least the past year for this one. Who, me? No, me. Oh, you weren't going to acknowledge that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, so, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. It's a new year. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. And you can watch the 78th Golden Globe Awards on February 28th on NBC.
So let's move on to, I know you wanted to talk about the SAG Awards. Yeah, I think there's some interesting comparisons. The SAG Awards are more like it's the Screen Actors Guild, so actors are voting uh, for the actors to get nominated. It's more of an inner circle kind of thing with these Guild Awards. But I think it's still very interesting to look and see who is nominated compared to the Golden Globes. And it's also interesting to compare to the Oscars to see what they do. Uh, so for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture, this is basically their Best Picture category. Uh, you have The Five Bloods, Minari, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, the Five Bloods, the whole cast is great. Minari, I've heard great things. Ma Rainey, same deal. One Night in Miami, that's a cast movie. Ended up, that's an ensemble piece. And so is The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So I can't complain about any single one of these picks. They're all deserved. For outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role, you have Amy Adams in Hillbilly Elegy, Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. And uh, it's interesting here because here they nominated Amy Adams in Hillbilly Elegy instead of Andre Day in the United States vs. Billy Holiday like the Golden Globes did. So, uh... Hmm. I mean, you have The Five Bloods already nominated here, and then Amy Adams in Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, and so there's already some differences, uh, some interesting differences, especially given what I've said about or what I'm aware of with Hillbilly Elegy. For outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, you have Riz Ahmed in The Sound of Metal, uh, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Yun for Minari. So here they nominated Stephen Yeun, uh, but here, again, Delroy Lindo is snubbed. Again, I would have to replace Gary Oldman for Delroy Lindo if, if I had the opportunity. Everyone else we've already talked about, I, I would rather someone else than Gary Oldman. For outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role, you have Maria Bakalova in Borat, subsequent movie film, uh, Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, uh, Olivia Coleman in The Father, Yajun Yon in uh, Minari, and Helena Zengel in News of the World. So here they uh, subbed out Jodie Foster in the Mauritanian for the grandmother in Minari, which, good for her. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, for outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role, you have Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Chadwick Boseman, Four to Five Bloods, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto, The Little Things, and Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Uh, so for this one, sub out Bill Murray for On the Rocks and put in Chadwick Boseman. I am more than okay with that. I just can't wait to see what other award shows nominate. Because Delroy Lindo has gotten nominations before, but now that the big award shows are coming, he's largely absent, which is very disappointing. I really liked him in The Five Bloods. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on. We're going to give you a little movie review. Is this our official first movie review of the show? I think so. Would you look at that? Well... Today we're going to talk about The Little Things. This comes from Warner Brothers. It came out on January 29th, and you can catch it exclusively on the HBO Max and any surviving movie theaters. So <laughs> this movie is directed and written by John Lee Hancock, and it stars Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Okay, so we haven't, we don't know what we thought about the movie what did you think? Okay, so I had watched this in the theater. That's right. I live for films and I'll die for a film. That's honorable. If I don't catch the bug out there. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a murder mystery, I wanna say. Not much of a mystery, but Yeah. Yeah, so 
Denzel Washington. He is a powerhouse actor. We have Rami Malek, who came off his Oscar win for his portrayal mm-hmm. of Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. And we have the uh, a very troublesome Jared Leto. He's a cult leader. <laughs> He's a literal cult leader. He has a cult. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> he does. Does he? he does. Can you prove that? Yeah, look it up. Look up Jared Leto cult. Have you been to a Jared Leto cult meeting? I have not personally been, but he does have a cult. I've been to a 30 Seconds to Mars concert, so that's a... Oh, wow. No, actually, no, I haven't. Is, is, is that where they partake in the cult meetings at a 30 Seconds to Mars concert? No, he's dressed in all white with his long... Uh, straight hair and uh he just has all these women surrounding surrounding him ah it's one of those cults i mean what cult isn't that enough about jared leto i don't want to talk about him anymore no Um, let's well i mean let's talk about his performance let's uh let's keep it okay uh i don't think he should have been nominated let's take his personal hobby out of it um let's (laughs) let's talk about his performance in the movie (laughs) itself do you think he should have been nominated not at all no i don't think so either I don't really think he's doing all that much here. He's a good actor. I'm not going to take that away from him. Dallas Buyers Club. He can do amazing work. Yes, he was superb. And in this movie, there was, it's in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away, but it's an interrogation, and you have your three main leads in the same room. The whole reason this movie exists is because of the interrogation scene. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it yet i'm gonna save that for spoilers but just keep that in mind the whole reason this movie exists i think is the interrogation scene i think they wrote that first and they tightened that as much as they could and they built a movie around it i think this is obvious that this movie is being compared to seven with brad pitt morgan freeman and kevin spacey (laughs) also a questionable actor he okay I'll, i'll get crap for it and i don't care Kevin Spacey is a great actor. I'll say it. He is a terrible human being. Okay? That's all I'll say about it. I love him as an actor. I hate him for the person he is. And I cannot dismiss his entire career based off his life choices. I feel like he should pay for what he's done. And I think he is. Rightfully so. But I will acknowledge his performances in the movies he's been in. Watch Seven, and you you can't doubt his performance at all. He he gives a great performance in that movie, and others. But yeah, let, let's go back to... <laughs> Dang you, Kevin Spacey, for hijacking our show. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to Jared Leto. Okay, if we're going to compare his performance to Kevin Spacey in Seven, it feels like a lighter version of that. This whole movie feels like a lighter version of Seven. I don't think any... Like, I think everyone... Is I think Rami Malek is like, uh, I don't know. I didn't, okay. I don't think anyone should be recognized for their performances in this movie. Uh, every Everyone fell flat. Even Denzel, uh, he, I don't think he brought as much to the table as he, as we all know he can. I think he brought enough. He brought enough. He brought barely enough. <laughs> I would have rather seen him be nominated than Jared Leto, but I have to remember that he was the lead in this movie. And when it comes to him leading the movie... I don't think he brought it as much as what we see in the nomination. So I get it. But I'm kind of scratching my head when it comes to Jared Leto's nomination because he was trying to do the same thing Kevin Spacey was doing in Seven where he's obviously a terrible human being, but he has that little charm quality and 
Jared Leto was trying to do that. He was trying to come off as a very snarky, very getting under your skin kind of guy. Yeah. He he was trying to play like the smartest guy in the room. That's what the character was supposed to be. Like, like I wasn't even threatened by him. No, he like that's the whole thing. Like you're supposed to be threatened by him because he's the smartest guy in the room, but with the way he does everything, it's not. Like it's supposed to be a menacing role is the idea I'm getting from this movie. But I don't get that from him at all. He's very calm and I guess that's supposed to add to the creepiness factor but the more you see of him the less creepy he is i do want to acknowledge the performance between denzel and rabi malik i feel like i wanted that a lot more i kind of liked that whole dynamic they had where i mean obviously denzel washington's character is a more seasoned veteran in this field whereas rami malik's on the come up it's such a tired thing though it's as tired as any romantic movie yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a staple in crime films. And I think they actually gave it like a nice little twist in this They one. did. Yeah, with the whole older seasoned veteran and the new up-and-coming hotshot, I think they gave it a nice little twist, enough to where it didn't feel as blind as it usually does. I, I will give it that. I will give praise to the subject matter because on the surface and in the trailers, the way it's marketed, it's a crime thriller, kind of like mystery, murder mystery movie, but... Really, it's it's trying to deal with the very serious matter that these homicide detectives go under, like what they go through and PTSD. You're a homicide detective. You're going to see dead bodies almost every day. Yeah, there was a, there was a line in this movie where someone, I think the lady who owned the apartment was like, how do you get used to it? And he's like, well, what? The smell. And he's like, well, if you're good at what you do, you, you don't get used to it. But again, I, I kind of feel like like a movie like Seven deals with it better. I got like halfway through Seven and I fell asleep. I was dead tired. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have started it when I did. I was too sleepy. Uh, but from what I saw, it was good. It's great, man. I, I think you you're missing the, the that's uh, you got halfway through. You said. Yeah, I got to like their dinner, like the first time Morgan Freeman comes over for dinner. I think that's as far nah, as I man, got. That that last half is it's bonkers, man. Yeah, I know. That's when everything goes down. Do you want to go into spoilers? Yeah, you know what? Let's go into spoilers. Yeah, let, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the ending. Yeah. Rami Malek's character, I don't know if it was the way it was written to where he was sleep deprived, but he came off as really stupid in the decisions he was making towards that end. Yeah. Like, the whole crux of, like, them getting to, like, where he's digging and everything... It doesn't make sense. Why would you go in the car with him? Yeah. Why would you do that? And then when they actually get to the... Okay, so context uh, to anyone who's who wants to know about the spoilers that we're talking about. So there's a case and there's a missing person within this movie. And Jared Leto, the number one suspect, he, he promises that he'll show Rami Malek, uh, his character where the body is if he gets in the car with them and they drive drive out to the boonies or wherever they're going and he forces Rami Malik, who's armed by the way and uh from what we know what we think Jared Leto isn't but he makes him dig <laughs> he makes him dig for the body in this like dirt lot and he's and it's so annoying yeah it, it's the whole thing like oh wait it wasn't there it's actually over here yeah it's it, <laughs> It's not even like a playful kind of like, it's not even smart. It's just annoying. 
Yeah, the way Jared Leto plays that scene, it's not supposed to be like, I don't know. He gives a whole weird energy to this character, but like not in the way that it services the character. Like he, he gets like, I don't know. He's doing something different and it's not working for me. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll give him this. He looks like a crazy murderer. <laughs> I mean, that's just Jared Leto. <laughs> hey, I, I know Morbius ain't coming out for a good while, but man, they could have just taken what he was doing here and put it over there in Morbius because he looked like yeah. a vampire. <laughs> he looked like he hasn't slept in a good long time and he's lost his mind. And whether or not Jared Leto actually has lost his mind, uh, hey, that's I wish him not nothing but the best for him. And hey, quit quit with the cult meetings, you know? Just stop that. Yeah, stop, dude. Come on. You're better than that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, oh and then we need to talk about Denzel Washington's character. Yeah, okay. So okay, so real quick, whenever it was like going shot reverse shot to Remy Malik Dilling uh Remy Malik's character digging and Jared Leto, I thought what they were doing is like he was going to try and steal his gun and he would shoot Rami Malek and he would leave that's what I thought they were building up to because the shot was kind of the the gun in his holster was like in the middle of the frame so I'm like okay he's gonna try and steal his gun while he's digging and he's tiring him out uh, so that way he can't like counterattack or anything I thought that's what they were building up to but no he just he keeps pushing his buttons just more and more until Rami Malek snaps because he has an anger problem that's not really addressed it only comes up when it's convenient for the script, which, okay, I'm going to get into the script problems now. This this script is trying to do way too much. It's trying to be way too heady with its religious aspects and themes. I, I think it's trying way too much. If it just focused on what it was, what the plot actually was and stopped trying to be something more, I think it would have been better than what we got. Yeah, this movie, it's what Seven could have been. If the script wasn't as great. And I think that's the that's pretty much my whole thought on the whole movie. I, I, I think you're kind of underselling Denzel Washington in this movie, though. I kind of feel like the subject matter that they're playing with, he sells it. I especially towards that end and kind of the reveal of his past mistakes. I, I guess, again, context. He There's a reason why he left L.A. in the first place. He kind of went into not not retirement because he's kind of working. He's just a deputy at this point. But before he was an actual homicide detective. And what happens is he discovers these two women that were uh, murdered out in the park somewhere. So there was a third victim that he didn't know about. And she kind of like startled him and had shot her. Like square in the chest. Uh, he even says that like you're an angel to these victims like as a homicide detective which i did like i i kind of liked the religious allegories that were here or the imagery that was going on i think it was too much <laughs> we talked about Zack snyder not too long ago about this yep. but i feel like here it makes sense i and i, I liked what he says about it. he says that you as a detective with these victims you're essentially their angel like you're in charge of solving this case and bringing those people to justice and to me, the way it was handled, I liked it, and I felt that responsibility Denzel Washington had on him. And not only that, but to have mistakenly shot one of those victims, that adds even more. And I did like that. I think the character is great, don't get me wrong. I think the reason why I'm not as impressed with Denzel's performance as I as you are 
is because we've seen this before. We've seen this from Denzel. I don't think he's really trying all that much. Um, really? Hmm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've just Denzel was just doing his thing in this movie. And I mean, it's good. He's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just uh, I wanted more from him. Uh, it's Denzel. And I mean, like, he can't give his all to everyone. Like, do you think he's really going to give his all to the Equalizer 2, you know? But, um, which, by the way, is the only sequel he's ever done, funny enough. Anyway, yeah, I think uh, I just, I, I wanted more from Denzel. And I think that's just the expectation I have from him. And maybe that's on me for setting too high of a bar. But, I mean, going into this movie, they marketed it, like, as, as a tour de force. This is Denzel, Oscar winner, Oscar winner, Rami Malek. Oscar winner Jared Leto that was in all the trailers and all the press material like every single one of these actors has won Oscars so you better watch this movie this is going to be good you don't want to miss it and I don't know with all of that kind of like hype going into it I wasn't hyped for it but like these expectations going in the movie didn't meet them and I mean like I liked certain parts of it but there were also parts that I was just like okay what are we doing I I was confused there were also some weird editing choices, too. Like, I was noticing that they were, like, cutting a little too early or they kept some shots in that if they, like, if they tightened the scene just a little bit more, I think the movie, like, if they just focused more on the editing, uh, the movie overall would have been better. And if you don't have a good editor, then your movie's going to suffer. From a technical standpoint, I don't have any complaints. I feel like if the script, in terms of dialogue because i feel like the dialogue doesn't really help the movie at times no yeah and if they had not focused on making jared leto's character such a staple role in the movie i i think if they had focused more on the relationship between denzel washington and rami malik they would have had a, a something really good on their hands they would have yeah yeah and this is coming from like I didn't have any expectations going in. I just thought I was going to be getting some really powerful performances from all three. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Can you give it a score? Um, Would you recommend it? I don't know. It was a little too long for my taste. I think if they cut like 15 minutes. Again, I think this movie could have been tightened a lot more. This movie could have used another month or another month in the editing bay. I'm telling you, all you would have have had to do is take Jared Leto's role. I mean, don't take it completely out, but not make it as important as it was in this movie. Right. I think that's more of the script, though, because I think the script is really trying to set him up in this movie. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree. The less we see of Jared Leto in this movie, the the better, because I think the more we see him, the more that's unraveled about how he's acting and how he's portraying and what he's actually doing in this movie the more we see, the less I like. Yeah. I'll recommend it. I I would give it a... I would give it a six... A flat six for me. I'd give it a five. I liked half of the stuff that this movie was doing. And I liked the other... I really liked half of it, and then I really didn't like the other half of it. So I, I'll go with a five. I'll recommend it. I mean, yeah. I mean, all the performances are fine. The performances aren't bad. I just, I just was expecting more. That's I think that's the thing. This movie didn't live up to my expectations. And that's not the movie's fault. But the movie does have things that are wrong with it. That's fair. Okay. Well, that's going to be it for us here. And I, I do want to know what everyone else thinks about this movie. Yeah. Have you seen this? Has anyone else seen this? I feel like no one's talking about this. My grandma will love to watch this. She loves Denzel and she loves yeah, crime I th- movies. Yeah, I think my mom loved this one. 
Shout out to mom. I know you're listening. I love you. Uh, but yeah, for those that are listening as well, give us your thoughts about this movie and let us know on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Cinema Show Live and use that hashtag Cinema Show Live. Give us your questions and comments about this entire episode. Or maybe you want to shout out. Either way, you're all part of the panel as much as we are. Jackson, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML and everywhere else without the underscore, especially on Letterboxd. Follow me on Letterboxd. And you can... Oh, Jackson. What? We forgot to hear from Dario. Dario, I'm so sorry, man. He's right here with us and we didn't even... Yeah, sorry, man. ...ask okay. him about anything. But you know what? Yeah, we'll get you next time, bud. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. We'll get you on the next episode. Don't worry. Uh, next time, okay? So, huge... Thank you to Dario for composing our music, and you can follow him on Twitter at Dorito is the name. Dorito Products, please don't sue us. It's his name. No can do. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter at DylanMM5. That's right, D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This is The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective, and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.